0: On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll break down the Battle of the Peraltas and some other surprising pitching performances.
1: Like death and taxes, Dodger's get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's... not had uh, three go-throughs
0: yet. Uh, it works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad
1: yeah. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy
0: Baseball in 15, on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by TOPS. Check out TOPS Project 70, celebrating 70 years of TOPS baseball cards. Michael Beller. Al Melchior, Wednesday, September 15th. Let's go with the news and notes. Jose Barrios pulled from his start with the, against the Rays because of abdominal tightness. Avisel Garcia left uh, his game against the Tigers with back spasm. Trey, Trey Mancini left his game against the Yankees, also with abdominal soreness. Joe Ryan left after taking a comebacker off his right wrist. X-Rays came back negative, so good news there. Matt Chapman's dealing with a shin issue. He's expected to avoid the IL, but he did not start on Tuesday. JT Taylor. We'll Luto also did not start on Tuesday. He's dealing with shoulder inflammation. Michael Brantley been out with a knee injury. He could return as the Astros DH on Friday. Chris Sale slated to start Friday against the Orioles. Jake Cronenworth took batting practice on Tuesday as he recovers from a fractured finger. He could be back for the Padres this weekend. Jesse Winker started a rehab assignment at AAA Louisville on Tuesday. No specific timetable for his return. Jake Odorizzi heads to the IL. He has foot soreness. Andrew Vaughn also heads to the IL with lower back inflammation. Uh, Al, does that mean more playing time for Gavin Sheets
1: here? I would think it certainly would. Not necessarily an everyday role, but I think much closer to it than what we've seen for Sheets. So, uh, And a big game for him on Tuesday, so he can maybe stay on a roll with a little bit more playing time.
0: Definitely possible there. Seth Beer dislocated his shoulder against the Dodgers. He did have full range of motion after the game. Uh, Beer is going to potentially be able to DH over the weekend also uh, at Houston. So maybe not going to miss too much time with that issue. Jacob deGrom... Through 10 pitches off a mound, his first time pitching in a mound since July. The Phillies released Vince Velasquez. David Bednar heads to the I.L. with an oblique strain. Chris Stratton had three of the last four saves for Pittsburgh before getting one again on Tuesday against Cincinnati. Time to assume that he's just the guy in Pittsburgh, Al.
1: I think so. Sort of just process of elimination. Something kind of close to a save share situation, but I know you and I and probably a lot of folks in our community talked a lot about Bednar around the deadline, just assuming that he was going to inherit the the bulk of the saves. It's really wound up being Stratton, and so he's just, I think, even more solidified in that position going forward.
0: Ryan Tapera goes to the I.L. also. He has a right index finger laceration. Tuesday's standouts begin with Tony Gonsolin. uh, Went five shutout innings, struck out six, two walks, and two hits allowed. Next week at
1: Colorado, at Arizona. How does that look for you, Al? A little scary, to be honest. Uh, I think if it were just Arizona, uh, I would consider starting Gonsolin. After all, we just saw him pitch a gem against them uh but at Colorado it does worry me and and it's not just the matter of uh, pitching in Coors Field too it's just Gonsolin has walked a lot of batters this year so uh you know not too bad in this one against the Diamondbacks two walks and five innings but just a little bit too more too much risk for that one so uh, unless you just really are uh able to take a risk and you you kind of need those extra innings and don't have anywhere else to get them I would pass on Gonsolin next week all right, how about
0: Dylan Peters? Five shutout innings of his own against the Reds on Tuesday. Strikeout five, gave up five hits and a walk. He's been pretty good, Al, since being in the majors. A 2.66 ERA, 20 Ks against eight walks, one homer allowed in 23 and 2 thirds
1: innings. How are you treating him over these last couple weeks of the regular season? Looking at Peters as a deep league option, so not twelve teamers yet, but if you just you know go all the way back to Monday's show when we talked about streamers, we did include Peters in that list. But you know my analysis of, of this particular start was I didn't really feel great about using Peters uh, against the Reds, but uh, you know kind of a wait and see thing. Well, we waited, we saw, and he pitched a really good game against the Reds. So. Uh, I would definitely consider streaming Peters uh, at some point over these last couple of weeks. Um, And, you know, he's doing it through contact management. So there's a little bit of a risk there. But yeah, definitely like what he's done for the Pirates so far. Yeah, definitely been an
0: impressive showing in these first couple of starts uh, for Peters. Drew Rasmussen uh, fares well against another very good opponent. This time it's the Blue Jays. Five shutout innings, two hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. Uh, we were uh, rightly afraid of the matchup, but Rasmussen keeps performing more often than not, Al.
1: He does. He does. Yeah. So yeah, we both took a hard pass. on have Rasmussen with this matchup and then he put up a line that's, you know, very close to the type of line that he's put up in his previous starts. Not a lot of strikeouts, but uh, a lot of soft contact. We're going to see a, a trend with that uh, going into the next pitcher we talk about too. Uh, but yeah, it's working for Rasmussen. So a little bit uh, more firmly in the circle of trust now.
0: That next pitcher that you mentioned, Willie Peralta, we had Willie Peralta and Freddie Peralta going head to head and Willie Peralta uh, held up his end of the bargain and then some six shutout innings against the Brewers, two hits, two walks, five strikeouts. We've talked about him a few times, Alan, it always feels like the other shoe is going to drop and maybe that's just not going to happen.
1: I mean, there was a a brief period where it looked like it was going to, and yeah, he's rebounded pretty nicely. So maybe uh, we were a little remiss to not talk about him yesterday, but you know, like uh, Peters and Rasmussen, a little afraid of this matchup, at least speaking for myself. And well, he proved us wrong. So we'll try again next time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we we certainly will. He will definitely be living on that stream radar at the very least for the remainder of the season. How about Jordan Lyles? Another good start for him. Seven shutout innings with seven strikeouts against the Astros. Three hits, one walk. It's been an impressive second half out of Lyles, and I gotta believe he's someone who is uh, a pitcher that we pretty much have to trust the rest of the way.
1: I'm not sure that I have to Michael uh you know and I mean I say that after just you know a a great performance against the Astros and you know I went back and looked and said well you know maybe they haven't been hitting well lately no they continue to be you know one of the best hitting teams in the majors Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but what worries me about Lyles is that you know he is the sort of pitcher that and, and it's sort of like Willie Peralta and some others that we've talked about where uh he doesn't strike out a ton of batters so if he's just on and getting a lot of soft contact he's just you know going through you know batted ball after batted ball and going deep into games six innings seven innings he's gone seven innings in uh three of his last five starts but then sprinkled in uh those other two where he didn't go seven uh not such great starts particularly uh one against Cleveland where he gave up eight runs in three and two-thirds so Mm uh yeah I'd say kind of a similar situation to what what we were talking about um with the Tony Gonsolin, that if you can afford to take the risk, maybe especially in a points league where, you know, Lyles going deep into games is something that can really help you down the stretch. But I think there's still a ton of risk here with starting Jordan, Jordan Lyles. If you
0: look at these five guys, Gonsolin, Peters, Rasmussen, Peralta, and Lyles, just in a vacuum, obviously leagues are going to differ points, head to head, Roto, whatever. It's all going to be different. If you were just placing a, you know, in a vacuum value on these guys, the rest of the season, how would you rank them?
1: Uh, I would actually rank Rasmussen first, uh, ahead of Gonsolin. And I know Gonsolin, you know, in the bigger picture has the much greater upside, but like I said, with until he shows that he's got the walks under control, uh, he's, he's a little too risky for me. And there's just not really time for him to do that at this point. So I think I'd go Rasmussen, uh, first and then Gonsolin Peralta peters and sorry jordan lyles at the back <laughs> that is aokl. that's why you are in the
0: analyst chair for this show <laughs> let's get on to some uh let's get on to some hitters here lewin diaz two homers against washington now has five on the season where does he fit for you in the rest of season picture
1: well still deeper deeper leagues um i mean pretty deep but obviously nl only um maybe 15 teamers But, uh, you know, pretty much you're you're just looking at home runs only as the appeal for Diaz here. But I've liked him as a prospect a lot. Uh, I know on yesterday's show, I talked about the dumb move of cutting Evan Longoria. Uh, Dumb move in a dynasty league, cutting uh, Lewin Diaz. Uh, I wish I still had him at this point. I think there's still more upside to be had, but I'm, I'm not expecting to see it over the last couple of weeks.
0: All right. How about a Dolly Garcia gets his 30 home run season, hits his 30th round tripper of the year on Tuesday. Also two doubles to run that total up to 24. One of April's big standouts. Obviously things weren't going to continue along quite as swimmingly as they were in the first, what, four to six weeks of the season, but it's still been an impressive season. That's going to have us uh, thinking about him quite a bit over the uh, summer or over the off season between this year, next year, this year and next year.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be something to look back on here, I think, you know, maybe a little bit of a perspective check, because you're right. It's been an impressive impressive season for Garcia, but then he just raised the expectation so high back in April that I think I've not really been looking at this performance very clearly. So yeah, you look at the sum total, 30 home runs. He's not really going to help you in batting average, but maybe not be an albatross either. But the thing is just the 10 steals. I think that's just something I've been maybe overly focused on that I thought maybe he'd have closer to 20 at this point. But um, I think that's just maybe not something that we count on for next season and just look at the value without, uh, you know, more than, you know, maybe 10 to 15 steals going forward.
0: Something also to think about in that way is that at least early in the season, the Rangers were one of the most run-happy teams in the majors. They were really trying to put pressure on their opponents on the base pass. They pretty much gave the green light to anyone who wanted to run. So those steals that Garcia racked up early in the year could have been more of a team philosophy thing than a skill that he necessarily owned. So that'll be something that we think about also in the offseason. Buster Posey, 2-for-5 with his 18th homer of the season. And those guys just keep passing around that fountain of youth love and up in San Francisco, the first team to clinch a playoff berth also this year, and man, really, uh, really going to be a battle between them and the Dodgers to avoid the coin flip game in the National League because whoever uh, win, whoever doesn't win the NL West is going to be faced with a game that just shouldn't exist. If you beat the second wild card by like 15 games, which the loser of the NL West is going to do. Don't even play the wildcard game. Just let that team actually be in the playoffs. But yeah, that's that's another thing for another day. Ryan Jeffers, 3-for-3 with his 13th homer and 8th double of the season in Game 2 of a doubleheader with Cleveland. Where does he fit in this rest-of-season picture, Al?
1: I think he's uh, on the the Daily League radar at this point because he's really been hitting for some power. I don't think you're going to rightfully expect Ryan Jeffers to help you with batting average really to help you with uh, much besides home runs and and maybe RBIs but you know a catcher Sometimes that's something that you you need to find and you can't always find it. And Jeffers, what he does really have going for him besides power is he's really getting the bulk of the playing time there behind the plate for the Twins. Uh, So he is getting a lot of reps in. So with the schedule ahead, there's a couple of series against the Blue Jays. That doesn't look so great, but the rest of the schedule for the Twins, there's a two-game series against the Cubs and then three-game series apiece against the Tigers and Royals. So quite a few opportunities there. That's why I say daily league. You pick your spots, you avoid those Blue Jays matchups for the most part. But there's some good media. matchups there for Ryan Jeffers to put up some nice numbers for you
0: Wednesday streamers now Al we got Tanner Houck going up against the Mariners Nestor Cortez gets the Orioles at Camden Mike Miner at home against the A's and Antonio Sensatella gets the Braves in Atlanta which of these guys are you prioritizing
1: well, definitely Tanner Houck. Uh, heads and shoulders above everybody here, and I think just you know in a vacuum uh, it, from a skills perspective, I would say that about Houck over Cortez, Minor, and Sensatella. But also, he gets the Mariners at home. We talk, have talked a lot throughout the season about what a favorable matchup that is. So that's great. I mean, the the problem here is that Houck is not universally available. Neither is Nestor mm-hmm. Cortez. You might find them. You might not. So you might be. Uh, Stuck with Miner and Sensatella. And I think that they're both fine going forward. I'd actually give a slight edge to Sensatella just because of the consistency. We talk about him on here like clockwork every five Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think Sensatella definitely is trustworthy at this point, even with the matchup against the Braves. Yeah, he's been uh, very
0: consistent over
1: the last, uh, what, like, Two months, it
0: feels like something along those lines. More than that, I mean. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gone, in, gone out there and really delivered what you expect of him. And so that uh, that reliability is something that you prize going into the start with the Braves. Let's quickly touch on a prospect spotlight before we get out of here. Josh Jung, uh, doing a very uh, nice job at AAA after getting the bump up from Frisco. Started the year at Frisco, 308, 10 homers in 43 games. Then moves up to the AAA level at Round Rock, 278, four homers in 19 games. Meanwhile, Kyle Isbell, the guy Really want to ask you about uh, when 269 with 15 homers and 22 steals at A Omaha got recalled over the weekend, three for four with a homer and a double uh, against the A's on Tuesday. Is he on
1: the radar for the rest of the season here? He really is. And, uh, you know, I think this is the first time all season that we've talked about somebody who's actually a prospect who's in the majors. <laughs> Would have liked to have done more of this, actually, but there's <laughs> been so many, you know, great prospects down on the farm still. But I think Isbell's really intriguing both for the last couple of weeks here. Uh, could play every day for the Royals and then uh, you know certainly going forward um, you know nice power speed combination that uh, you know I think we'll definitely be thinking about and talking about uh, a lot during the offseason definitely a sneaky guy to add as the season comes to an end
0: and the uh, Cubs fan on the show I think is obligated to point out that Brennan Davis first two at-batch at the AAA level last night home run home run very excited for him in 2022 that's going to do it for this episode of fantasy baseball in 15 thank you for joining us please rate review subscribe all of that fun stuff al and i we are back with you on thursday until then enjoy all the baseball action coming your way wednesday night